shit today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. We don't got time for that Alright? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. So this is my favorite thing. This is, I love it when this happens, when you're just sort of sitting here on a Tuesday afternoon. Wait, what day is it? Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. And all of a sudden, boom. KU's got a new commitment. Whoa, where'd that come from? Cam Martin is his name. What do you know about Cam Martin? I know nothing. That name, I've never heard of it. Well, put some respect on that name because Cam Martin is a three-time All-American. Hmm, interested now? Okay. Yeah, that's I feel I like I would have heard about him if you were a three-time All-American. Yeah, that's right. You don't know anything. In high school? Not in high school, in college. In Division One. Well, no. If you must know, Cam Martin hails from a different division. Division okay. Two, some mm. call it. He spent the last three seasons at Missouri Southern State playing for Jeff Boshi. You heard of him? You heard of him, Brainiac? Maybe you remember Jeff Boshi, really good Division One player. So okay. now, who's the smart guy? Okay. Not you, me. So did this kid, like, touch Jeff Boshi and get Space Jam? Took all his talent? And he played for Jeff Boshi at Missouri Southern State, where I mentioned, uh, once again, three-time All-American. Last year averaged 25 points, nine rebounds per game. He is 6'9", he is 240, and he wants to play some basketball. All right. I'm glad you let off with that part. That and he's he wants not, to play some basketball. And he's not taking any prisoners. Hey, he's not taking any oh. prisoners. And mm-hmm. you step to him, he's going to punch you right in the face. Okay. And that's not his words. Those are mine. But I would assume he would. He can cash. Yeah, I would assume he would appreciate me saying that and would and would back it up. Mm-hmm. He'd, he'd absolutely kick your ass if he <laughs> heard the way you're talking about him today. I just saying I didn't know who he was. He just announced on Twitter that he has committed to Kansas. He was actually headed to Texas before Shaka Smart departed. Uh, I know Creighton was on the list. That piques my interest a little. I can't remember who else. Um, I believe Georgetown was interested in him. Matt Tate is like live tweeting out quotes from Jeff Boshi who said that uh, he's not going to wow anybody in the weight room, but he's country strong. Country strong. We need somebody who's country strong. I I mean, like, Mitch Lightfoot cannot be happy about the fact that there's some country strong boy coming in to assert his will in practice. Is that what this is? Is this a Mitch Lightfoot? Is this like saying, like, hey, Mitch, you thought you were just going to cakewalk through your seventh season at Kansas? It's only sixth, but... I'm almost to a point now where I think KU is going to go back to playing two-big basketball. 
I guess it depends what you mean by what I mean by two bigs. Like Jalen Wilson at the four, I guess maybe would be part of that. They have a lot of big men, Nick. Okay. How many good big men do they have? Dave. Okay. And the rest are all question marks. All right, there we go. Um, speaking of Dave, by the way, this is relevant as well. David McCormick recently had surgery to repair a broken bone in his foot. The injury occurred in the Eastern Washington game. He will return to basketball-related activities in 12 weeks. So, first things first, that probably removes the possibility of Dave testing the NBA draft waters. Yeah. He wouldn't get to do anything at the combine. Right. So, I mean, it's effectively April. You're out all of April, May, June. So, David McCormick is done playing basketball till July. Dude, you did not tell me that this is a big white guy who has, like, a arm sleeve tattoo. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a Christian tat, I think. He's got to be a good shooter then. He's going to be the guy that everybody hates. Is is wait a minute? Is the is the tattoo on his shooting arm? If he's a righty, it's on his right arm. He's going to be the guy that he's every other team when they play Kansas. Well, it's, it's like, like it's like clouds. I love this. I love these tats, man. Um, and people always say like, "Well, you shouldn't make fun of people's tattoos." Why? <laughs> you put it out there. It's like making fun of your shoes. And I'm not even making fun of it. I'm just this is what it looks like. It's like clouds with a cross with praying hands. You know the praying hands. So, and that's on his shooting arm. So his shooting arm is blessed. Yeah, his shooting arm has been blessed. Christ will guide the basketball into the hoop. He is a shooter as well. At 6'9", 240? 6'9", 240, um, being described by uh, C.J. Moore as a stretch four slash five. Okay, exactly. The starting lineup, I am convinced now, is going to be him 45% and Dave. from three. Is- 45% from three just this last year. Okay, and it's wait. not like this is a newfound shooting such. He, he shot 36% as a junior, 35% as a sophomore. He's Question. a shooter. If you were going for a 6'9", 240-ish pound big man who could shoot threes, what would you prefer as the option, this guy or Tanner Groves? Well, Tanner Groves is a D1 athlete, so probably take Tanner Groves. Is that what you wanted to hear me say? Yes. There you go. You don't seem to be too high on this kid. I just like... I mean, I was kind of all aboard the train of go out and get another point guard. Like, I get it. You just got Bobby Pettiford yesterday. But Bobby Pettiford's ranked the, whatever, like 80th something like that recruit in the country. You know, I think he's going to end up being a really good player for Kansas. But how often do you see a play... like? We see it with players who are ranked 40th, 50th. Bryce Thompson was a top 30 recruit for KU, and he came in and came off the bench and didn't have a great season. So am I to expect that Bobby Pettiford's going to come in right away and all of a sudden their their issue of having a shot-creating point guard is going to be fixed? No. You know, maybe, again, in two years when Bobby Pettiford's a, a junior or a sophomore, yes. So I, I thought that was going to be the fix because now I kind of look at it and I'm like, you still have the same problem you had last year. Who is going to be that guy? Who is going to be the shot creator? Who is going to be the guy you go to with five seconds on the shot clock to go get you a bucket? And unless one of these guys is 
you know, going to rise above their ranks, so to speak. I'm having trouble finding that. And I don't, I don't really, I don't know. Maybe somebody else will leave. You'll have another scholarship and you can go get another player. Maybe there just wasn't that player available. You know, maybe there was something you didn't like about Ty Ty Washington. Maybe there um, was something you didn't like about some of the other grad transfers with their level of play. But if that was a question, then you just got a kid from D2. And I get what you're saying. Like, there's not a lot of proven commodities at the big man position, but like you're bringing on Zach Clements. Zach Clements is basically this guy, but a top 40 recruit and a freshman, right? At least by all. You say, yeah, that's what Zach Clements is. Yeah. 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 Um, And then you still have Mitch Lightfoot. You still have Jethro Muscadin. You still have Jalen Wilson can play the five. You know, like they have a lot of options already. This signals to me basically like what I said earlier. The reason you make this move, you don't go out and get a grad transfer with the intention to play five minutes a game. You know, it can happen that way. I think they're going to play two bigs. Predominantly. No, 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 no. I disagree completely. I don't think that you go out and get this guy like, listen, dude, he's D2, okay? You're not going and getting a D2 guy and saying, oh, yeah, you're going to play right away, dude. You're going to you're gonna, you may so start then, for us. What no. does that signal to you? Because they had one scholarship left as of now. It signals to me somebody else is leaving. Okay. But you do agree with me what I'm saying about the point guard spot, right? Or just the lead guard spot in general. Like, that has not been fixed. No, it has not been fixed. I still expect. I'll tell you what. I'll be two emotions if this is it. If the offseason is now over, a week after it begins, and it's over because you went out and got Bobby Pettiford and Cam Martin, I will be both surprised and concerned. Surprised that that's all you got. Concerned that that's all you got. (laughs) Okay? That's what I would feel. This, to me, is a surprise that you went out and gave a scholarship to a D2 player. I get it. Uh, Texas was interested. Creighton was interested. Georgetown was interested. It's great. Maybe this guy's going to be good. He's also a D2 player. To expect him to come in and be, like, a a, a significant game changer, it seems a little far-fetched to me. Could be wrong, but, I mean, come on. How often does that happen? Seriously, how often does that happen? Name me the examples. Name me the examples. Anybody. So, no. I I don't think KU is done. Duncan Robinson. Okay, there you go. That's D3. D3. Yeah. And how'd he do it? With his jump shot. How's this guy going to do it? Maybe with his jump shot. I mean, he's a thick boy, too. So <laughs> I would guess that's going to be the first order business is just, or maybe not. Maybe they want him to be a banger. I don't. I have no idea. But I kind of have a feeling somebody else is going to leave. Now, who is that? That's the real question. Yeah, see, if that does happen... Then it's not that I'm not on board with this. It's just that, like I said, I just have questions about how you figure out that other spot on your roster. And again, like if we go back to the Bill Self comment, we need to get more athletic. This doesn't really. This does not scream athleticism. (laughs) It reminds me of the Shan Zanger presser when they hired Charlie Weiss when he said, you know, I set out to find the best and I found Charlie Weiss. Bill Self. I hold it. Pro- I set out to find the longest, most athletic player I could. <laughs> I found this guy. <laughs> He's six nine and two fifty. Do you think there's any reason to this? Is almost like because what if they did go out with the intent of using that last scholarship on a point guard, and there was something about Ty Ty Washington they didn't like? 
They didn't like something about Brandon McKissick. They didn't like something about name whatever grad transfer. Or do you think there could also be a case where it's like, no, some of these guys don't want to come to Kansas given the case in the IARP right now, and you just kind of had to settle for something? Do you think there's any chance it's one of those two things? Uh, I mean, yeah, of course there's a chance it could be one of those things, but how are you getting immediate feedback on that? Are you really sitting here? Guys are still entering their name into the transfer portal day by day by day. But you're going to sit here on March 31st and say, no, we got to get this guy now because I'm afraid we won't get anybody better. Really? You're sitting here on March 31st and you don't think you can get anybody better than a D2 player? I have a really hard time believing that Bill Hall of Fame head coach Bill Self and that coaching staff is is admitting that. So I just, I just want to point something out. Um, this guy was at a D1 before. So this isn't just we have no data of how he would do it at D1. It was a couple years ago. He was at Jacksonville State. Played 10 minutes a game. So if I gave you the over-under of 10 minutes per game for this kid at KU, what would you say? Under. Under. And if that's the case, again, that's where I feel like, you know, bring in a point guard if, if that was going to be the result here. Wait, you're asking me to pick between the two? No, I'm I'm just stating that. It's almost interesting because you would almost envision this move would be like a, a move you would make if David McCormick went pro. Mm-hmm. But like you said, he just had surgery on like his out 12. Like a last minute, we didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. So now we got to scramble and this guy's still out there looking for a home. Yeah, that's the type of move it feels like. I don't think KU's done. I think this is a, oh, we got an extra scholarship available. Again, though, I think we could keep coming back to that, though. I don't think there's any way of escaping that. I don't think there's any way of escaping the idea that, that this is the best you could have done. But, I mean, I mean, Texas wanted him. Does that mean anything to you? It that does. Shaka Smart was like, we'll take this guy. We're going to give a scholarship to this guy. Mm-hmm. Creighton, Georgetown, whatever. Texas, though, Shaka Smart, we know how he can recruit. You have to acknowledge the fact that there's something significant about the idea that Shaka Smart said, yeah, we're going to give a scholarship to this Yeah, team. especially because when you think of all the big men that we're going to lose. I mean, Kai Jones, Greg Brown could both be NBA draft picks. Uh, Jericho Sims, I mean, I guess he could come back for his second senior year. But uh, after the season he had, I don't know, maybe he goes. And then they lost, uh, I forget the name of their backup big, but he entered the transfer portal. So by Shaka Smart saying he was recruiting him, that's not just we wanted a, a backup big to replace. I think the guy's name was Royce Ham. Mm-hmm. That's saying, no, we want a big to come in here because you're going to need to compete for minutes on a real Big 12 team. I'm, I'm reading more quotes here from Matt Tate talking to uh, uh, Jeff Boshi, his college coach. Quote, he's got unbelievable touch around the basket, and he's a legit shooter from three-point range. He's got a ton of potential, and he definitely didn't need to stick around our place any longer. I mean, I get it. Like, this is what, what, what do you expect him to say? I don't know, man. I'm not sold on him. Didn't love his work ethic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has what it takes to 
make See, the leap. Of course, is, you're going to speak highly of him, but this is one of those moves. Last year, they had the open scholarship because Silvio De Sosa um, ended up getting, I don't know what you want to call it, like left the team, booted off the team. I don't know, whatever. If they would have made this move, like coming into that offseason, I would have been like, wow, this makes a ton of sense. Great pickup. You know, mm-hmm. might not play much for you, but worst case, he's an extra backup big. Best case scenario, he turns into a good player. This year, I just, I don't love the fit, and I don't love that it could possibly take away from what you could bring in somewhere else that it might help you more. But wait and see mode, because like you said, if somebody else ends up leaving, that's still all out in front of you. We'll talk more about this with Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. He's going to join the show about 15 minutes from now. This is Rock Jock Sports Talk. You already know that if you need a car wash, you need to go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. They've got all the tools and expertise to keep your car clean, both inside and on the outside. You want it clean inside because if anybody gets in your car, they're not going to want it look like a pigsty. Plus, you're going to want it clean of all those germs. You want to clean on the outside because if you're going to be pulling up in somebody's neighborhood, maybe going to see a friend, they're going to see the outside of your car and go, wow. This guy, he knows what he's doing with his car washes. That's because Tommy's Express Car Wash is going to take care of you. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard and Body Wax. That's right. Have it looking real spiffy. Wheel cleaning and tire gloss, underbody flush, and spot-free rinse and vacuums as well. If you're like me, you have a dog. I have a golden retriever. She sheds so much. So I need the vacuums at Tommy's Express Car Wash, and boy, do they have them. They do them right. That's wash, rinse, repeat with Tommy's Express Car Wash. And don't forget to download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's at Tommy's Express Car Wash. Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star is going to join the show coming up here in about 10 minutes or so. So who, if, okay, so just tell me this. Are you of the belief that this means KU is going to lose somebody else? That there is going to be a third departure along with Tyon Grant Foster and Tristan and Aruna? Um, yes, I think I am. Like I said, I, I don't. If you only had one spot left to give, I don't think they've solved the point guard position totally yet. And I think Bill Self wants two guys he can play out there. I think, like I said, Bobby Pettiford might end up being a really good player, but it might take some time with him. So I think, given those comments about the athleticism, you bring in a 6'9 white guy who's more about shooting, that probably does signal to me that somebody else is gone and that this is a replacement for them. So who is it? Okay, let's just say it's got to be Latrell Giselle or Jethro Muscadet. Yeah, right? Unless you are yeah. alleging that Somebody's maybe pro. he knows Ochai's going pro or something like that. Well, I don't know if this means anything to you. Usually, Matt Tate, obviously, if he says something, it's coming from a place of knowledge. He just tweeted, for what it's worth, I don't expect Cam Martin and Bobby Pettiford to be the only players KU adds this offseason. So he would he would be in that camp. Yeah, I, I got to think. Well, Latrell Giselle is not gonna do. It sounds mean, but like, what's Latrell Giselle gonna do here? 
anywhere. You know, he was not even ranked as a recruit. Jethro Muskinen was getting serious interest from K-State, from Texas Tech. Like, there were some programs who would have liked to have had him. Okay? So, if you're talking about a guy leaving because he wants more playing time somewhere else, that would probably point to Muskinen, right? People keep thinking that Ochai's gone, like gonna go pro. I keep people keep saying that to me. Like people tweeting at me or friends saying he's gonna he's gonna go pro, right? There's two ways to answer that question. What do I think he will do? I don't know what he'll do. I have no idea what his motivations are. No idea. What do I think he should do? I think he should remain in Lawrence, Kansas for one more year. And and I'm not I do I don't care. I don't care. I do not have selfish motivations with these kids. I don't care. They can all go pro. They can all transfer. Okay, you can have zero guys on the roster next year. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Couldn't even feel the team. But like Ochai in the pros, like you're gonna be playing for the main red claws next year. You can't beat anybody off the dribble. You don't have that quick first step to, like, get past someone. Your handles aren't that tight. You're not a great shooter off the dribble. You're not a great passer. You're a catch-and-shoot guy. Now, if you think that with the game being more spread out and he'll get more openings and he'll be playing with a real point guard, then that will bring the best out of him, then sure. I mean, you could argue in the NBA, like, if you're not a star player in the NBA, you just have to fit one role. His role would be pretty simple. Catch and shoot shooter, defender on the other end. But so wouldn't that be yeah, yeah. I sure. see that fit from that end. But he's not gonna get drafted. No, I I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe somebody would take a flyer on him in the late second. I mean, just compare compare him to Svee Mikhailuk. Who's the better pro prospect? Probably Ochai because of the defense. Like Ochai is a good defender. Yeah. I Here's the thing. Like, if you look at certain mock drafts, like, I remember ESPN had that one for next year. Um, and I, I don't know what it is now, but this was maybe a month, a month and a half ago. They had Ochai as, like, a late first-round pick. And so I think a team, if he enters the draft this year, would see that and say, well, if he could be a first-round pick next year if he plays well, Shouldn't we take a risk on him in the late second? Because then if he works out this year for us, then it's like we got an extra late first next year. You seem to be convinced that. No, I actually, I think Ochai is going to come back, but I have no rhyme or reason to believe. I just, I agree with you. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate. I don't want you to play devil's advocate. I want you to tell me how you feel. You're so right. You're so smart, Nick. There we go. There we go. Thank you. I am right. You're the best ever. Just everything. That's a really good point. You have anything else? This is, this is lovely. I love it. Hey, this segment is brought to you by CycleZone Power Sports. Of course, CycleZone has all your dirt bike and four-wheeler needs, but did you know they also sell Sea-Doo's, Tracker Boats, and Yamaha Wave Runners? They've been selling watercraft for nearly a decade, and they recently added a second showroom for the new selection. Whether you need speed boats, fishing boats, or a pontoon boat for that relaxing day on the lake for your family, or even just yourself, a beer and your fishing pole. Don't you deserve to feel that lake breeze after the year we've had? 
Trick question. Of course you do. CycleZone Power Sports can make that happen. Check them out at CycleZone.com or stop by the dealership on Highway 24 in North Topeka. Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star joins us next. So it's been a busy couple of days for Bill Self and this coaching staff. First, you lose Tanner or Tyon Grant Foster and Tristan and Aruna to the transfer portal. Yesterday, you get a commitment from Bobby Pettiford, a point guard, formerly a Louisville commit. And just uh, earlier this afternoon, you land the commitment of Cam Martin, a D2 big man who played for Jeff Boshi. At Missouri Southern State. So I don't even really know where to start. Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star going to join us now on the show. Jesse, just overall big picture thoughts on what's transpired with roster changes over the last couple of days for KU. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think you figured after you heard Bill Self following the last game against USC that a roster shakeup was coming. And I think that's uh, sort of deliver on that promise and my thought would be that it's not over yet either. I would think that more roster shakeup is going to be coming even beyond this. But, uh, yeah, you're right. You, you lose the two players. I think we talked about them last week. You, you would have guessed that Tyler Grant Foster um, and Tristan Aruna both based off their playing time and based off their skill level and talent level and potential to turn it on somewhere else next year that they might opt for the transfer portal. And then we knew that Bill Self was going after a point guard. So to get Pettiford in, um, you know, Cam Martin – He's kind of one that popped up on the radar pretty quickly, so I, I don't know too much about him. Obviously, he just posted the story up at KansasCity.com. He's a Division II All-American, six foot nine forward, played for Jeff Boshi, and by all indications, it sounds like Jeff Boshi is really happy for his big man to be able to play at Kansas his final year. But yeah, um, this I think if nothing else, it just sort of speaks to what we thought might be coming after that USC game because Bill Self kind of promised to go hit the recruiting t- trail. And to shake up the roster a little bit, and that's absolutely what's happened here over the course of the last week and a half. So let's start first with Pettiford, because I think that's something that most people thought that KU would go after, is more playmaking, point guard. Now, this isn't a blue-chip five-star point guard, but he is a former Louisville commit, seems to be a a bit of a late riser. What do you know about this kid and, and what potential role he might have for KU next year? Well, yeah, I mean, you start with exactly what we talked about, which is Bill Self basically made no bones that they needed to get another point guard. And, and you saw him after a lot of guys, Tyson Walker, who eventually committed to Michigan State. Obviously, he's still in on Ty Ty Washington, who's a top 50 recruit. But, yeah, you said it well with Pettiford. I mean, I think he is kind of a late riser. He's a guy, uh, 6'1", um, you know, from North Carolina. A point guard who is, you know, improved his shooting in his final year, but also kind of known for his ability to get to the rim and, and read a pick and roll, those sorts of things. And we talked so much in this offseason about how that is sort of what Kansas struggled with last year. They've had guards in the past who either could A, get their shoulders by people and get to the rim and get fouled or make layups, or B, could get in a ball screen situation and find the big man on a roll or find teammates that were open and kind of open things up for uh, different teammates that way. And KU really had neither one of those guys. So Juan Harris started to develop that a little bit late in the year, and there were certain flashes and moments where Marcus Garrett was able to get to the rim, but definitely not consistently enough, and he was not as athletic this year as he'd shown in previous years. So KU sort of needed that piece. And uh, we mentioned this a week ago where, hey, um, K 
KU has some guys returning, you would think, and you know, unless more things change, but guys like especially Ochai Baji and Christian Brown and David McCormick who could be better with better pieces around them. You know, Ochai Abaji is a really good spot-up shooter on a team this past season that didn't have many guys who could get it to him in a position where he could make spot-up shots. So you would think he could improve if he had a, a point guard who was a more natural point guard, you know, a pass-first guy who could kind of find him in those situations and get him more open shots. And same thing for Christian Brown, same thing for Dave McCormick if he's on a roll because he does – roll hard and he does occupy space and, and makes you have to uh, make decisions in, in ball screen coverages, those sorts of things. So uh, this sort of seems in line with that. Again, we know the history of point guards and freshman point guards at Kansas. They don't start very often. I think, you know, Frank Mason did, but going back in time, it's, it's pretty rare for that to happen. But I'm sure that's kind of the hope for Bill Self with his pursuit of all these different point guards was to bring in a guy who can help from day one immediately and make other players around him better. And I'm sure that's kind of the goal they have for, for Pettiford once he gets to campus and seeing what he can do. And, and I guess the hope would be to do some things that KU wasn't able to get done from his point guard position uh, this past season. So with the addition of Cam Martin, who we're going to get to here in a second, that now fills your, at least at the moment, available scholarships. Do you think that the addition of Cam Martin would signal that somebody else is going to leave? Um, well, I guess those are different questions. Well, okay, um, do you think KU is done? Do you think this coaching staff is done no. adding pieces? Well, somebody no, else would no, have absolutely. to leave then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, I mean, I guess, so you're trying to, to relate one to the other, and I guess, okay, does the fact that Cam Martin is coming mean that someone else is leaving because Cam Martin is coming? Not because Cam Martin is coming and taking their position, but does the fact that Cam Martin is coming and KU has no more scholarships yeah. left mean that somebody okay, else is leaving? Okay, here, I'll because, do it. I'll yeah. do it so you don't have to say it. Um, I'll say it. Cam Martin is a Division two player. It was surprising to me that KU added him. Maybe we could just start here then. Um, it was surprising that KU used a scholarship on a Division II player, so it would tell me that they didn't just use it because, up oh, we don't have anybody else to give it to. Let's give it to this guy. They did it because, oh, we know somebody else is going to leave so we can afford to give a scholarship to this Cam Martin kid because we know there's going to be another one available to still go make other additions. Yeah, and well, and and let's be fair to him. I mean, Listen, nobody knows his role right now, uh, and that is pretty uncertain based off of what KU's roster should be coming back. Uh, obviously, the new news of today is Dave McCormick broke his foot in the Eastern Washington game and tried to play through it against USC, but he'll be out 12 weeks. He would assume a full recovery by next year, but if Dave McCormick's in the fold, obviously he's going to take up a lot of minutes, and KU played a lot of four out, one in, so kind of what Cam Martin's role is, uh, along with Mitch Lightfoot coming back, would be, uh, you know, you, you kind of wonder about that, but he posted on Sunday to his Twitter account about his top final six, his top six, and those six included Texas, Creighton, and Georgetown. So, you know, I don't I, – I haven't seen – I mean, this is obvious. I haven't seen Kent Martin play. You know, he, the guy has more than 2,000 points in his career at Missouri Southern, was a three-year All-American, whether it was third team or second team or first team. Um, so he seems like a productive player at the D2 level, enough so that once he hit the transfer portal, there was some – not just Division One interest, not just, you know, the the southeast, northeast Louisiana states of the world. You're talking about, you know, UNLV, Texas, Creighton, Georgetown, Colorado State, like like major Division One type programs were at least interested in him. Um, so 
again, I, I don't know his role for Kansas, but I, I think if what you're saying is if, if his commitment would have locked KU out of potentially getting anybody else, then maybe it wouldn't have happened. That could be correct, but uh, for right now, yeah, they add him, and he seemed to be at least a commodity wanted by other people out there who have scoured the transfer portal and know the other options out there. So we'll see how he fits in. I think that's still an unanswered question at this point uh, based off the roster we think he's going to have left, but uh, no, I do definitely think that if Tyon Grant Foster, I mean, I guess we can just speak about it openly. If Tyon Grant Foster and Tristan Anaruna went to the transfer portal, and both guys were talented players, and both guys, you know, potentially could have professional futures, whether that's here or overseas or, or whatever the case may be, um, you know, then, then you would think that guys who didn't play for Kansas in the rotation last year, guys like Latrell Giselle and Jethro Muscatine, um, you know, you would wonder about their status with Kansas and whether they might seek transfers as well. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll see what happens. But um, I, I think that's kind of the point you'd be at at this moment with KU's roster situation is um, – They've made a lot of changes. A lot of changes have occurred quickly, and potentially more could come based off of who decides to transfer out at this point in time and from this point forward. We're talking to Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. I want to dive into that a little bit more with Cam Martin. Um, the stats are impressive. You know, you look at the numbers, 25-9, and 9, uh, 45% three-point shooter. Uh, Jeff Boshi, who is his coach there, I know, spoke uh, very glowingly of him, as, you know, coaches would do, but... I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you can look at, okay, Texas and Creighton, and yeah, that matters a little bit, right? That this isn't just some random guy who wasn't going to get any other D1 offers. Like, there was legitimate interest. But going back to those comments, Jesse, about getting longer and more athletic, if, if we want to be a title contender, that's what Bill Self was saying after the loss to USC. Going and getting a, a 6'9", 250-pound white guy does not scream getting longer and more athletic, and it does not scream, oh, now you're... On, well on your way to becoming a title contender. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it, it, just, it just doesn't really necessarily compute with what I sort of thought this offseason was going to look like after hearing those comments uh, last week. Yeah, that could be it. And who knows if Bill Self was specifically referencing the guys he already had coming in. You know, a guy like Sidney Curry. I know he's a Juco guy, but um, by all indications is sort of a physical freak, that sort of thing, and maybe that's the way you address it. Obviously, Bill Self was in the market for a point guard, and he was after a lot of different guys, and they ended up getting, uh, you know, Pettiford, as we talked about, so that should help. I mean, at some point, Nick, and this is, this is, I don't really know how to say this in a, in a nice way, but like, KU gets 13 scholarships, okay, and Mitch Lightfoot doesn't count as the 14th guy, all right? Um, and I, I heard you on the radio yesterday kind of talking about this a little bit as well. You know, what position do you even pursue? I mean, if we went down KU's depth chart as it stands right now, I mean, you're talking basically every position. They're three deep. So I see what you're saying. And KU also has to deal with, as Bill Self has mentioned many times before, that um, the NCAA, you know, the case looming over their heads, that sort of thing with recruiting. So it's hard to go out and just get super duper uber athletic guy to come join your program. I mean, those are usually the the one and done type guys. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's a weird spot for Kansas because yes, they're they're absolutely remaking their roster and they're absolutely you know trying different pieces, new pieces, all those sorts of things. Uh, but I, I don't. I guess I don't know what I expected them to get. So yeah, Cam Martin taking him is a little bit of a surprise at this point. It's not the type of player I expected Kansas to take. But at the same point, I mean. Could they get a super-duper athletic point guard once you just got Pettiford, once you still have Dewan Harris, 
once you still have Bryce Thompson, who was a McDonald's All-American a year ago, I mean, are you going to get somebody to come to your program and be the fourth point guard? I don't know. I don't know that answer. So we'll see how, how it kind of goes moving forward. But at some point, it, it is just sort of Kansas reshaping itself. But also, you know, if, if, you, if you go back and just go to every single player they still have on board right now, I mean, it's a pretty good basketball team. I, I, I know that USC exposed them in some athletic ways. I know that that's going to be the frustration because that's the last team you saw, and that's going to be frustrating that you lost. But, I mean, I know Kentucky wasn't great this year, but Kentucky was super athletic. Kansas beat them. Kansas beat them without a great shooting night. You know, there are ways to overcome those things. And I think KU has good players in the program like Ochai Abaji and like David McCormick uh, and like Jalen Wilson, who will only get better with another year and who can be made better if they have other good pieces around them like we talked about with Pettiford. So I know I'm talking myself in circles here, and I know exactly what you're saying. Bill Self made it very clear he wanted to become more athletic this offseason. I just think the challenge to do that is very difficult, especially at this point in time in recruiting when there's only so many players left, and especially with KU has a roster with 13 or 14 guys coming back who are all pretty good already. It's kind of hard to make promises. So, yeah, we'll see what happens moving forward. And obviously, Bill Self, it doesn't seem like KU is done recruiting in this cycle, so um, there could be more to come. But it is a fascinating piece at this point. Now, I will be interested to hear what Bill Self says about Cam Martin and why he decided to take him because, like you said, it's not the player I would expect them to get, uh, but at the same time, um, it seems like other teams had interest in him. So this doesn't seem completely out of left field when it comes to uh, adding a player. It just it, It's an awkward fit, as you said, right now without knowing the explanation as to why the Jayhawks would have wanted him. Well, I mean, the caveat for me personally is that if KU goes out and gets a – for example, Ty Ty Washington, right? A five, four, borderline four or five star prospect, top 30, 40 player in the country, top five or six point guard in the class. That's somebody you would look at, at least on paper. And I know it doesn't always work this way, but at least on paper, you would look at that and say, oh, that guy's going to come in and compete for a starting job, if not be the prohibitive favorite to be your starting point guard. Maybe this is more so an indictment on the way that we view. Uh, recruits and off seasons and how that shapes our sort of expectations for a season. But that would be something that would make you think, okay, now this team just got tangibly better. You found the missing piece to the puzzle, so to speak. And then the, the Bobby Pettifords and the, and again, nothing to slight him or Cam Martin, you'd say, okay, well, you got those guys to compete for jobs and to increase your depth because I do agree with you that on paper, it's a pretty good team. I can go one through five and come up with a pretty decent starting lineup. But as we saw last year, the depth ran out really, really quickly, which is why I wonder, okay, the guys who left, Tyon Grant Foster, Tristan and Aruna, those were guys who didn't really play all that much. Are the guys you're replacing them with, the guys who were pegged to be rotational players, your sixth, seventh, eighth man, are there reasons to believe those guys will have bigger roles and will enhance the depth on this team more than you had a season ago? Well, you might have spoken to some of it, Nick. I know some of this was worst-case scenario for Kansas when David McCormick went out with COVID, like at the same time that Jalen Wilson went out with COVID. But KU didn't have many options to go to besides David McCormick at the five position. You know, so... Maybe that's where Cam Martin goes in. Hey, if Dave McCormick's still hurt or his foot's still bothering him or uh, he gets in foul trouble, you know, there's more insurance so that you only 
you can turn to somebody besides Mitch Lightfoot, especially in a big matchup when there's a guy like a, a big dude at Texas or, you know, whoever the, the, the big man is at these, you know, respective Big 12 schools who can really put a hurting on you if, if you're not able to stand behind them and guard them in the post. Maybe that's what you're speaking to there. And I, I guess we can talk through both sides of this. Um, it's kind of like the old saying, maybe, like the devil you know versus the devil you don't. I mean, both Tyon Grant Foster and Tristan and Aruna were in the program one and two years respectively, and those guys are moving on. And, again, like I said, I, I think both of them can play professional basketball somewhere at some point based off of the skills, athleticism, and or you know length, wingspan that they have. But um, it seems pretty obvious that it wasn't going to happen at Kansas, that that development wasn't going to happen or that – um, at least both sides to come to the thought that whatever needed to take place, it was not going to happen in Lawrence. So, I, I, again, I see what you're saying. It's just I, I don't know how they feel about Pettiford. Maybe they feel like he's going to start at point guard right away and can create and be a little uh, more like Frank Mason was, who can you know use a ball screen, get to the rim, score, get to the free throw line, do more of what typical point guards do for Kansas. And if so, then okay, you made it seem better and. You mentioned the Ty Ty Washington thing, and I think I want to go back to the previous point, which is they're not out on Ty Ty Washington. So signing Cam Martin doesn't take them out of the Ty Ty Washington sweepstakes. Uh, maybe all the rest of this is just kind of building up towards that. But again, I, if you're Ty Ty Washington, you also have to go in with eyes wide open as well, because there is Dewan Harris, there is uh, Pettiford, you know, there is Bryce Thompson, who you would assume would get better with another year in the program. So. We'll see what happens. Maybe it's still incomplete at this point. I, I think your main point is correct, which is, you know, I, I shared with you this sort of Bart Torvik roster construction tool, which you can spend hours on if, if you want to. Love that, add by the way. Players. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. But, you know, what makes Kansas best, if, if just for being frank, what, what improves Kansas from, I think they're basically eighth or ninth in, in Torvik's preseason rankings for next year? What makes them best the quickest? Getting one elite talent, which would be great at this point in time. Every school would take one elite talent. So I agree with you. Adding three or four role pieces is not as great as adding one elite player, which would maybe take this team to the next level and put them right behind Gonzaga. It's just tough. I mean, it's tough this time of year to add that sort of player, and you're not the only team going after that. So I'm sure Kansas is looking at those guys as well. But with the reality of the situation, with the NCAA case, with all the players they already have, and um, with the scholarships that are available at the current time, again, it shouldn't be a problem if KU needs another player. But I think that probably Bill Self and Stafford are doing the best with what they can at the current moment. And right now they have added some role pieces, which isn't ideal. But it still is, I think, in their eyes trying to make the team better than based off of what it was against USC about a week ago. So we'll see how it plays out. But at this moment, it's probably just doing the best with a, a difficult situation and trying to navigate it the best way possible. He is Jesse Newell. You can check out his work in the Kansas City Star. Always a good time, Jesse. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Nick. All right, that's Jesse Newell. I'm Nick Schwartz. He's Derek Johnson. Somebody just tweeted at me, I wish Mitch could shoot 45% from three and drop 54 in a game. Oh, it was a D2 game. Are you kidding me? Are you guys kidding? I, I You can read me his numbers all you want. <laughs> we averaged 25 and nine. A division two. All right, this guy is 100% already the candidate to be, uh, you know, last year I think it was Tyon Grant Foster. The guy who comes in and everybody hypes up, blah, 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 blah. If you argue with him, it's, no, but this guy did this, this, and this, even though they've never seen him play. 
this guy is going to be that candidate who plays 10 minutes a game. Listen, he might be fine. Like, yeah. He dropped 54 in a game. Oh, oh, so he's a threat? He's a threat to go off any night. Okay. Well, are those Division II players that he was torching, are they going to follow him? Are they going to come to the Big 12 too? Or are they going to be selling life insurance next year? I got to guess. What do you think? Unbelievable. And by the way, I really like Bobby Pettiford. Like, I think that kid's going to be a really good— I think he'll probably compete for a starting job this year. This year. I absolutely okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Question. More minutes per game. Bobby Pettiford or Cam Martin? Without knowing who else they add, I will say Bobby Pettiford. I would agree. And I would feel very confident in it. People like—also, people are assuming, well, this guy's going to take Mitch's minutes. Okay. What do you think Mitch would do at, at uh, Missouri Southern State? Right. Like, sure. You he think would, Mitch would, like, struggle to yeah, find his way? Or do you think he would annihilate right. everybody? He'd probably be, like, two-time national player of the right. year. And, like, I, okay, I broadcast NAIA basketball, which they say is, you know, the top teams in NAIA are similar to the top teams in D2. I, I don't know. I'll tell you this. There are some really good basketball players at those levels. There are great basketball players throughout. But you know what? They're, like, we're talking about Kansas basketball here. This is the cream of the crop. So it's not it's not like to say that this guy's bad at basketball. It's just saying this is a little bit head-scratching. Saying you know? that somebody maybe isn't made for Kansas basketball. Right. It's not a bad thing, you know? Like, how dare you? Right. How, how dare, dare you, you say that this, top 50 player that this kid is not cut out to play one of the most prestigious basketball? And he might be, man. He might be. I'm just, I'm trying to remain somewhat cautious here before we get carried away about what this kid means to the program next year. All right. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwert. You're listening to Rock Shock Sports Talk. We're actually not going to be on the air tomorrow because it's opening day for the Royals playing the Texas Rangers. I believe pregame coverage starts at 2.30 here on KLWN. So coming up here later this hour, we will uh, preview the Major League Baseball season the only way we know how. So you won't want to miss that. But right now, Wednesday at 4, it's time for another edition of the NFL Whip Around. Derek, take it away. First up this week on the NFL Whip Around, if then, I give you the if scenario, you tell me the then. If the 49ers really did trade up to the number three pick to take Mac Jones, like is being kind of floated around out there, one of the notable guys to float it out there, Chris Sims, who I think works for Bleacher Report. I don't know. Maybe it's NBC now. NBC now, I think. Keep this in mind. Chris Sims, best friends with Kyle Shanahan. They have matching tattoos together. They played on Texas together. Wait, they have matching tats? They have matching tats. So... If he's floating out information about the 49ers wanting to trade up for a specific player, I mean, you got to think there's there's something there, right? So, if that is the case, if they really gave up all that to get the number three pick, take Mac Jones, then? Well, it's not just that he floated that out there. Did you see what else he had to say earlier? Did he double down on it? Well, he went on the Pat McAfee show, and he had some... These are... These are ex- Exact quotes from Chris Sims on the Pat McAfee show talking about Justin Fields. Quote, last guy in, first guy out. I've heard there are some questions with his work ethic. 
Where is his desire to be a great quarterback? That last one's an interesting one. Where is his desire as if, you know, scouts or coaches can find it like it's a lanyard? Like, oh, he left it in his locker. He forgot it at home. What do you mean, where is his desire to be? I never understand those sorts of points of analysis. I'm going to stop you there for a second. I know Chris Sims, former quarterback Dan Orlovsky, is actually the guy there. And he's also a former quarterback. Uh, I can see why you'd be confused. (laughs) Talking heads on TV. That was Dan Orlovsky. They're the same guy. Dan Orlovsky and Chris Sims are the same guy, except Dan Orlovsky seems to be more well-liked. So... (laughs) A lot of guys are sort of just like floating out this theory that uh, it's going to be Mac Jones at the top and that Justin Fields may end up slipping. Now, there's a lot going into why you would put out negative information about a quarterback this time of year, mostly because somebody probably likes him and they want to see him fall. Don't know if it'll actually work, but... What was the if then again? I don't even remember. If the 49ers hmm. take Mac Jones after trading up all that capital to get to pick three, then. Then, I mean, they'll be fine, I guess. Jimmy Garoppolo will probably need a new place to play football. But. Seems like a mismanagement of assets to me. Well, it's not just a mismanagement of assets. It seems like poor scouting. I'm not a professional scout, so I know I should probably defer to the professionals on this one, but how many other teams would not just have Mac Jones ahead of Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, unless you think Zach Wilson's going too, would trade up to draft Mac Jones at number three? I can't imagine there are many other teams outside of the Niners who would do this. I don't know why. It's just like wild to me that Mac Jones in that scenario would go higher in the draft than two of them. I mean, different years. I, I mean, know. well, and Mitch Trubisky went number two. Yeah, but this year you could argue is a more loaded quarterback class than last year. So you should go even further down. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, Tua might not be a starting quarterback in year two, uh. so that's probably not the best comparison because, again, like. For all we know, Tua is not very good either. No, but just like coming out of college, like Tua was seen as not a generational talent. Well, before but he got a before he left college, he was certainly being seen that way. And then the injuries happened, and yeah, you're right. So the then is that everybody would be fired for the 49ers? Yeah, then Kyle Shanahan yeah. signing okay. his death certificate. <laughs> okay. If the Bucks win another Super Bowl, they bring back all 22 starters. Chiefs didn't even do that last year. Then. Um, I mean, the Chiefs brought back 21 of 22 starters. That's good enough, isn't Bucks it? Bucks are the first team to bring all 22. Who was the one starter the Chiefs didn't bring back? Uh, Wilson, Damian Wilson, the linebacker. Is that right? I never know. Uh, I, I mean, they'll be the they'll be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think that's probably a foregone conclusion. I think the Chiefs are right now. Mahomes over Brady. Is that really all it comes down to? Those kind of feel like two franchises that maybe went in opposite directions. At the very least, the Buccaneers just stagnated. Chiefs, on paper, are going to be worse than they were a year ago. So that's not cool. 
That's a well-run organization is what it is. That's what the then is. Then the Buccaneers can officially be declared a well-run organization. Then Tom Brady is the double goat. He's already there, but I think it's just once again a prime example of why you strike while the iron's hot. You capitalize when you have your, your draft window. You don't, as we saw with you know, the team the Buccaneers beat in the NFC Championship game, the Packers, you have Aaron Rodgers, yet you spent your first-round draft pick on another quarterback. And then you went out and drafted A.J. Dillon. Like, there's a very philosophical principle to just putting the, as much talent as you can around your quarterback and, and trying to seize the opportunity. You would think that would be common sense and every organization would do it, but there are clearly some organizations that just don't get it. If the Bengals draft Jamar Chase with the fifth pick in the draft, then? Then I think you're looking at them potentially being a wild card team in the AFC. Remember how wide open the AFC wild card race was this year? You had the Dolphins, you had the Raiders, the Titans. That's a big jump in that division, though. Like, who are they better than in that division? Well, they're better than the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe I'm going to have to walk this back. Their defense is still going to have a lot of issues, but the offense will be fun. That's they the haven't, thing. like, done anything in free agency. Yeah, so that's they the thing. like, Riley Reef or something. That's a big That's a big name. Tackle. Big guy. Yeah. Literally. The offense would be exciting. The offense, will you give me that? Yeah. With Joe between Joe Burrow, like, throwing the defense to T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase. Did you, you lost see your best pass rusher? Did you see Jamar Chase's numbers at the pro day today? Yeah, incredible. Former Kansas commit Jamar Chase. People forget that. Jayhawk legend, Jamar Chase. So the unofficial 40 yard dash, because he's it's a pro day, so it's one guy on a stopwatch. Had him sub 4-4, 4-3-8, which probably tells you it was mid 4-4s, which is about what I think a lot of people expected him to run, but at his size, that's pretty elite numbers. Well, how much does this guy, how big is he? What is he? Jamar Chase? He's 6'1". Like he's, yeah, he measured in at just over six feet tall. Over 200 pounds. This guy is a specimen, a prototypical number one wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins-esque. So, if the Bengals go out and get him to pair with their rookie quarterback, the offense will be exciting. There's still a lot of questions about the defense, but that's a good start when you take a quarterback number one overall like they did last year. Okay, next segment. Are they good? You mentioned pro days. Are pro days good? Yeah, pro days are the best. Way better than combines. Did you see the... uh both the Justin Fields and the um, Zach Wilson throws that just made the rounds. The Z- yeah, I saw the I saw the, J- the Zach Wilson one. I didn't see the Justin Fields Basically one. Basically the same thing. Where he's like running around and, oh, whoa, oh yeah. there's nobody he's acting like he's being chased around. Even though he's probably practiced that exact throw <laughs> 40 times. And they show it and they go, there's the arm talent. I go, dude, he that's the, he's practiced that throw a million times over the past week. As if he was surprised that, oh, he didn't know that guy. How did he know that guy was going to be there? Because they talked about it. They say, hey, I'm going to scramble around and turn around, and you're going to be on the 30-yard line. 
Pro days are great, though, because you get to do whatever you want. Your 40 times are unofficial, and you only have to do the workouts that you feel like doing. Like Jamar Chase said, I'm not doing the bench press today. And everyone says, okay, no problem there. All these people fly in from around the country just to watch you work out for like an hour. So much better than the combine. If you're if you're a top prospect, why would you ever go to the combine? Ever. I mean, you could just go and do the interviews because that's kind of important. You can do the interviews through Zoom now. Well, maybe they're not that important. Welcome to 2021. Just do it all through yeah, Zoom. Yeah, usually there's always, uh, like, so it gets released, some of the questions asked. It's, like, just really weird stuff. So maybe that's that's not that important. Uh, the Chiefs offensive line. They signed a new center yesterday. Austin Blythe. Is it good? No, because you don't have any answers at the tackle spots. I get it. I love that you're continuing to go out and really stock up on interior offensive linemen, but last I checked, the two most important positions on the O-line were left tackle and right tackle in that order, and the Chiefs still don't have answers at those positions. That's still a bit concerning. Very concerning. Some would say. Yeah. So the Chiefs offensive line, not good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. There's going to be a 17-game season. Is that good? Yeah, so this was just made official yesterday. What is good is Roger Goodell coming out and saying that it's actually safer. <laughs> the science says that it's safer because more injuries happen in the preseason. Eliminating a preseason game. So they're actually doing the players a favor. So that's really nice of Roger Goodell to think, you know, put the players' safety first and foremost, as he's always done, as the league has always done. So a uh, 17-game regular season not great. Not good. I'm not going to complain. Like, we complain now when you're in the middle of it and you get an extra game. No one's going to say this sucks. It sucks for the players, but as a consumer of the sport, and this is why they did it, because they know as a consumer of the sport, you will consume it. You're not full at 16. You'll happily take the 17th game and then complain about it in the off season. But they're going to have more games to broadcast. More games to advertise on, make more money. You don't have to be a neurosurgeon to figure out why they did this. I don't understand why they just don't add more bye weeks. Like, make it a, for instance, make it a 20-game schedule. Or not a 20-game schedule, a 20-week schedule. To where you play 17 games and you get three buys now. So now you're going up the buys threefold. Would that be twofold? I don't know, whatever. If you do that, the players now are happy because, yes, they would have to play an extra game, but now they're getting two more buys. So they're happy. The league would be happy with 17 games. And as a consumer, that'd be even better. I get it. There'd be, instead of whatever it is, like 12 games on a given Sunday, there might be eight games if you have 20 weeks where you're spreading things out more. But guess what? There's so many times where you're watching one game and there's six others going on. You're like, man, I wish that these were more spread out. So... I don't understand why they don't do that, but I guess, yeah, 17-game season for the players? No, not good for me and you. Great. Yeah, and that's all they care about. They don't really care about the players, even though they said that this decision is made behind the players. This decision is made behind money, and who makes the money? We do. So congrats to us. We are valuable assets in the NFL universe. Better than Kirk Cousins. Mentioned 49ers have the number three pick in the draft. Assumably... Assumedly to take a quarterback. So whoever the 49ers take, are they going to automatically be better than Kirk Cousins? Well, as we said earlier, it sounds like it's going to be Mac Jones. You're with Kyle Shanahan. You have good weapons around you. 
Well, Kirk Cousins was with Kyle Shanahan at one point. Yeah. Matt Ryan was with Kyle Shanahan at one Kyle point. Kyle Shanahan, or I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins, fourth round pick. This guy, first round pick. So automatically more talent. Okay, talented. well, let's just let's do a game within a game. Let's do a uh, inception. Will Mac Jones be better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I say no. Yes. Why yes? Because he's better. Is he? In what regard? Uh, more accurate, smarter. He's smarter? How do you know? I don't believe that he will be. Therefore, there's no reason for me to believe that he's going to be better than Kirk Cousins. Because Jimmy Garoppolo ain't better than Kirk Cousins. This is this is reaching the level of success to where you start getting arrogant. That is what's happening with Kyle Shanahan. Okay, we all Jones told ever. him. We've Mac all Jones told him how ever, good ever, ever in his career, better ever. than Kirk Cousins, if he's drafted by the 49ers. No, ever. I think he's a bust. I think he's a bust. Why are you bug-eyed at me? I don't mean. think I don't think that's a. It, it is the a little B mean, word? but I'm just being honest, man. I'm no, trying dude. to be honest at least. What's wrong with you? All right. Well, the next one was going to be Jimmy G, but thanks for popping that balloon. Jimmy G. With a third arm. Is the arm, can it throw? Yeah, of course it can. You catch snaps. I don't know how that would help. Stiff arm. Where's the third arm located? Um, Middle of the chest? No, let's go with he's got like two on one side. Yeah, I really don't think that's going to, maybe stiff arming. Yeah, double the stiff arm. He's stiff arm. Is it jack? Is it a, a, is it a jacked arm? Yeah. Okay, so one of the strongest arms in the NFL. Just in pure brute strength. Yes. How long is it? I don't know. What's the length of a normal arm? 40 inches? Is that too long? Well, I don't know. I know, you know, wings. we go by wingspan right. oftentimes, but just like the length of one arm. I'm asking you, is it longer than his throwing arm? It's the same height or length. Oh, okay, because if it were longer and stronger, then I would say this is a real weapon. Mm-hmm. But even with the strength, I think that will come in handy to... And I think you could probably do some misdirection stuff with that as oh, well. 100%. Ball's here. No, it's not. Where's it at? Oh, you he's... could do two play fakes at the same time and hold the ball in your other hand. Oh, wow. Okay, yes. Okay, so I'm all in. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with a third arm is better than Kirk Cousins. I think he's better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, top 10 quarterback. Uh, Andy Dalton is on the Chicago Bears now, but let's just play this hypothetical out. Andy Dalton on any team ever in the history of football. <laughs> Well, what would be the best team, right? Let's just start like there. 07 Patriots. Um, you go. I mean, you could say the Steelers teams in the 70s, but that was more defense. So you're looking for the best offensive teams, like the 80s 49ers. Maybe throw up there with like Jerry Rice. No, because I'm just, I just, I'm thinking of weapons. Like okay. I just want weapons and a great offense. What about line. the Vikings team in the late 90s with like Randy Moss, and Chris Carter? What about the Chiefs right now? Okay, sure. Or the Chiefs Last from two year. years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah. With Tyreek Hill and... No, I don't know if he can take advantage of Tyreek Hill that way. No. You know? Um, okay, let me... Can I just construct a team and then we figure out if he's good enough? Sure. Can I make a fictional Andy team? Andy Dalton on a fictional Pro Bowl roster. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So he's throwing to uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Devontae Adams. Those are his three wide receivers. Yeah. He's got, obviously, Pro Bowlers all across the offensive line. He's got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. He's got Travis Kelsey as his tight end. Is he better than Kirk Cousins? You know what the problem here is? Yes. No, but you know what the problem here is? 
If you give Kirk Cousins that same situation, who is better? That's not the situation that we're giving him. Kirk Cousins is still on the Vikings. But, like, you have to take the context there of, like, Andy Dalton no, played don't. with seven Pro Bowlers. No, I don't. Know? What if he made them? What if they're like, we're going to, because he's going to make some throws, we're going to say he's the only guy I in the league who can make that. I have seen enough evidence at this point to know that he would not be making but that's what's holding him back is that he hasn't had the opportunity to play with the greatest offense ever assembled. Again, Kirk Cousins goes in that offense and it's even better. In my scenario, Kirk Cousins isn't a pro bowler, though. And Andy Dalton is. Ipso facto, Andy Dalton on that team would be better statistically than Kirk Cousins. On to who's older. You got to tell me which of these players is older. I think it's all players this weekend or this week. Uh, Seattle wide receiver, Tyler Lockett. Got a nice little extension. Or Seattle guard also got an extension. Gabe Jackson. Uh, I don't know who Gabe Jackson is. I'll say he's older. He's 29. Tyler Lockett's 28. There we go. Good start. It's good, to, it's good to win a coin flip early on. Cleveland defensive tackle Malik Jackson or New England defensive back Jason McCourty. Let's go with Jason McCourty. Been around for a while. 40-33, Jackson 31. Tampa Bay running back Leonard Fournette or Miami quarterback Jacoby Brissett? Mm. Fournette came in the league. When was that? He's probably 27, 28. I'll say Jacoby Brissett is older. Brissett 28, Fournette 26. Okay. Arizona backup quarterback Colt McCoy Oof. or Chiefs backup quarterback Chad Henney. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Henney is like 34, but McCoy's got to be up there too. That was like, what, 08? When McCoy got to the league, he would have been 22 at the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go by a nose, Chad Henney. Chad Henney's 35. But McCoy, 34. Let's go. Come on. 5-0, oh, 5-0. Oh. 49ers go, wide receiver, Muhammad Sanu, or chief center, Austin Blythe. Ugh. Wish I would have done a lick of research on Austin Blythe. And Sanu, I mean, who knows? Austin's a younger name, you know? You don't know many. You know any 60-year-old Austins? I don't. So, Stephen F. Austin. It's different. So for that reason alone, I will go with Mohamed Sanu. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go, baby! A five and oh week. All right, let's bring him back. I'm down kind of on a, I'm I'm on a little bit of a heater, and who's older? You got your last two, and where he at too? <laughs> Former Bengals quarterback Ryan Finley. I think he started that that upset win over the Steelers this past year. Was traded to a new team this offseason. Where he at? He was traded, huh? Huh? Somebody gave up a draft pick for him. Well, in in the old years, I would have guessed that it was Bill O'Brien. <laughs> but you know, they need a, they may need a backup quarterback. Um, yeah, but he's not a running back. I'm gonna go with the Denver Broncos. <clears throat> Give you one more guess. The New York Giants. No, nope, you had it at the start. It was the Texans? Wow! 
Well, once Deshaun Watson ends up in prison, I guess Ryan Finley could end up starting six. No, 17 games for the Texans this year. All right, that's the NFL Whip Around. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Yeehaw! Does your business use a little push right now? Need help getting the word out there that you're hiring? Do you just want to let people know how great of a product you have? Well, you can advertise with Rock Chalk Sports Talk and or the Best of RCST podcast. For more information, contact djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. Opening day for Major League Baseball is tomorrow for the Royals. That means a matchup versus the Texas Rangers. Excited for baseball to be back the smell of the fresh cut grass, the sweet crack of the bat. There's just nothing like baseball being back. So in order to get you ready for baseball season, Derek does what he does best. He prepared a little game for me to play. Derek, what's the name of today's game? I don't like game? that you say it like that. A little game. A little game by our little, our little friend Derek. We like to let him make his little games just to make him feel Patronize. like he's important. All right, so the game today... Is MLB player or Godzilla vs. Kong cast member? Oh, Godzilla Kong, is that out today? I think it came out yesterday. I'm going to watch that tonight. It's on, what, HBO Max or something? Yeah, like that. I'm, okay. I'm going to check it out. Who you go? Who you rooting for there? Godzilla, for sure. Who are you rooting for? Kong. You're the first person I have come across that's rooted for Kong. Why? Why is everybody rooting for Godzilla? I don't know. He's cool. I'm a mammal. He's a mammal. We stick with our own kind. Screw the reptiles. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll change in the movie. Okay. Uh, so you know the deal here. I'm going to give you like a 12-game season, similar to college football. We'll determine where it goes from there. You have had a history of kind of Bo Pelini in it. You go 9-4 and four a lot. Well, it's, it's hard. I mean, yeah, sure. You did make one college football playoff appearance, but you lost immediately. So the fans are, you know, they're happy, but they're a little rustless. I've got several conference titles. Yeah, but... Again, it's like eventually you got to kind of raise the bar a little bit. All right, first up, this is your uh, cupcake, so to speak. Michael A. Taylor. That is a Royals player. He's been crushing it in spring training. I'm glad you knew that. That is a Royals player. Um, We are going to get to some other players, but yeah, he could be the starting center fielder. All right, week two, Alexander Skarsgård. I know the Skarsgård name. That is Godzilla Kong. He is in a big acting family. His his little brother's the one who played the clown in It. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, uh-huh. He played, I think he was Tarzan, right? I don't know. The Skarsgårds, they're in a ton of movies. I just recognize that name. All right, week three. This is your last non-conference bout. Carlos Hernandez. There has to be a baseball player named Carlos Hernandez. What you think? Yeah, I'm going with it. Royals pitcher. There we go. There we go. All right, so you're three and zero entering conference play. Good start for you. You've moved up maybe into like the third or fourth spot in the rankings. Xander Bogarts. I know that. That's a baseball player. Who does he play for? The Red Sox. There you go. Look at you, Flack. He's good, isn't he? Yeah, very good. He's 33 to one on MVP odds. The Red Sox might not be good enough. They're only projected to win like half their games. But he's a stud. Hits over 300. There we go. Home runs, doubles. Good for him. Good luck, Xander. Good luck, bud. Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman. Chapman. 
that sounds like I'm gonna tell you who what he does and what he looks like. Matt Chapman is not just a baseball player. He is a he's just he's a pitcher. He's sort of middling in between being in the rotation, starting rotation and being a bullpen guy. He's also completely bald. And he's pasty white. Matt Chapman, baseball player. I don't know if I should give you a right ding or a wrong ding. He is a baseball player. He's a baseball player. He's the not- other stuff, very, very off. I okay, mean, he what- is white. Okay, so nailed you got it. that part, but no, he is not bald. He is like a stud athletic third baseman. I didn't say anything about his athleticism. Okay, well, it doesn't matter because he's not like a, you said, middling reliever or something like whatever, that. Whatever, I got it right, baseman. dude. Sure, whatever. All right, this is a great start for you. Five and zero. Yeah, Brian Tyree. Don't sound Henry. sound so surprised. Brian Tyree Henry. That's three names. Yeah, it is. That would lend itself to Hollywood. A lot of celebrities like to add a Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. These are not hyphenated. Um, trying to think of another one. Actor. These I don't are know. Not, these are not hyphenated. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Not hyphenated. Actor. Rest in peace. Brian Tyree Henry. Henry. Actor. 6-0 start. He plays Bernie Hayes in Godzilla. I just have never seen a I've never seen a baseball player with three names. Okay. Unless they are from Asia. Speaking of which, Shun Oguri. This is now getting difficult because Godzilla would lend itself to Japan. It's where he's from. Mm. Do you think he claims that? Like Godzilla's passport? Well, like the old old movies, (laughs) like the ones back in the 50s, like he was terrorizing Tokyo, I believe. So, um, why would you terrorize where you're from, though? That's just, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I haven't went back and watched the old ones. But I know that there's, you know, big uh, Japanese themes in Godzilla. I also know that, you know, baseball's big in Japan. Give me the name one more time. Shun Oguri. Oguri. You want the spelling? No, it won't help. Um, I am going to say Shun Oguri is Godzilla Kong. I thought I was going to get you on that one. Let's go. Plays uh, Ren Sirizawa. I think that's how I pronounce it. Okay. 7 0. This might be your best start. Tim Anderson. (laughs) That's a generic name. Tim Anderson. Now to the plate. Batting 176. They never say they're batting average when they bring him up. Let alone what they have. 176. He is on a seven-game hitless streak. Let's see if he can earn his keep here. Tim Anderson, baseball player. White Sox. Okay, so you knew who this was. I think so. Yeah, he's actually one of the most exciting players in baseball. He's like big into bat flipping and like celebrating. Don't yeah. know how well it'll go over. With I him thought, I thought, I thought I knew that one. Yeah, he uh, twenty-five to one odds to win the uh, MVP. Oh, okay, yeah. so he's up there. Mm-hmm. Lance Reddick. Okay, I know. Okay, I almost said baseball, but that's Josh Reddick, former A's. Uh, he was on the Astros last year, but yes, he was on the A's at one point. Uh, and then. That was Josh, though. So Lance Reddick. Is he part of the baseball family? I don't think so. Josh and Lance sound like they could be brother names. But 
I'm not willing. That sounds like, sounds like a trick question by you. You know me. You know my baseball knowledge well enough to think that that could sort of trip me up into thinking it's part of the Reddick family, which tells me it's not. Which tells me Lance Reddick an actor. Gotcha with the reverse psychology. Psych. You're right. Oh, okay. triple reverse psychology. <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, plays the Monarch director in Godzilla vs Kong. Nine and zero. Are you feeling the pressure? So how many more regular season games three do I have? Three more regular season games. Uh, yes, you got to win two out of three. To... Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. the pressure, You're man. in the conference championship, though, at this point. At this point, what is my ranking? They're They've already won come... in the country. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Pressure's on. Let's go. I embrace the pressure. Let's go, baby. The pressure is a privilege. Conlin Castle. Are you kidding me? Conlin? Conlin. Conlin. Spelling both C-O-N-L-A-N. names. C-O-N-L-A-N. Last name, C-A-S-S-A-L. Conlin Castle. It seems to me like a British actor. That's gut feeling. And I don't know why I would let myself, because there's nothing, there's no good sort of theory I'm going to come up with as to why it would be a baseball player. It could be a baseball player, but at this point, I don't have any... I have no reason not to just go with the gut, so I'll, I hate this. I hate this. Conlin Castle. It's these sorts of names that always get me, man. Uh, I'm going to say Godzilla Kong. He plays an Apex Cybernetic security guard. <laughs> he doesn't even have any lines, I would assume he? not. Maybe like a, oh no, or something. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> As Godzilla's stomping him into a pancake. All right, 10-0. Day rank number one, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker. Oh, wait. Uh, what? I think that? I know who he is. I think I know who this actor is. He is the coach from Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Kyle Tucker, also in Wolf of Wall Street. Kyle Tucker, actor. Sorry to do this to you, but that's Kyle Chandler. Ah, dang it! Kyle Tucker is an outfielder on the Houston Astros. It wouldn't have mattered. I would have guessed actor no matter what. He is 40 to 1 to win the AL MVP. Dang. Right. But you, you still have everything in front of you. You you bounce back here, you win your conference championship, you're in the playoff, you can still win the title. There's just a, yeah. a small blemish on the record. Yeah. Kyle Lewis. That's what you should just... If you were smart, you would make all these names super generic. <laughs> Kyle Lewis. I guess I'll just go Godzilla Kong again. Oh, no. What a disaster end to the season. Kyle Lewis, how did you not know? He had a breakout season last year for the Seattle Mariners. Former top prospect. How did I not know it? Because I've never watched... one odds. I haven't watched a Seattle Mariners game in, uh, since Alex Rodriguez oh, played man. for them. So you went from number one in the rankings. Now you're probably like seventh. I don't care. I mean, you got to blow out your conference championship game. Just have a shot at the So I got to answer quickly. Yeah. With conviction. Correct. All right, so you're 10 and 2. Let's see what you got here. Nick Torello. God dang, man. I don't know. I don't know. Nick Torello? I can already tell even if you get this, you are not going to the playoff. No, I'll... There's not conviction. Oh, this is easy. Nick Torello? <laughs> Godzilla Kong! Got it. All right, I'll give you a playoff spot. I'm interested to see you, Joe. Thank you. You're the four seed, though. You're playing the one seed. 
Trevor Story. Huh. Two wins away from your first title. Spell Story for me. How it's spelled? S T. Could be an I E. Could be an I E. What? Matter? Yes, it matters. S T O R Y, like a storybook. Oh, like a storybook. Huh. Story. I don't know. Hmm. Trevor Do you want makes the me on that? no. Trevor makes me think of base. Trevor Rosenthal. Mm-hmm. Trevor Plouffe. Maybe Trevor Story. I'm going baseball. In the championship game, snuck in and Trevor's now. Trevor Story has been one of the best players in baseball the last like three years. So it's amazing that you didn't know that. He's twenty-five to one to win the. Uh... I did know it. I got it right. I was I was pausing for dramatic you effect. Lucky. You got lucky. All right, this is the national championship game. I've never been here. Pete Alonzo. Hmm. Pete Alonzo. Unless he goes by Peter. I don't know. Pete Alonzo plays for the New York Mets. Oh, no. I am your national champion. He's a baseball Psych, player. There's another actor called Pete Alonzo. No, there's the no. The one for the Mets goes by Peter. <laughs> oh, serious. You're lying to me. On your oh. Mickey Mouse title that I even let you in on with two losses. Oh, you should I knew Pete Alonzo. He's good. You know, the only reason I know who Pete Alonzo is. Well, if you is. don't know who Trevor's story is, how am I supposed to know you even knew who Pete Alonzo is? My best friend's a Mets fan. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, that didn't work out. So, like, the only team I know anything about other than the Royals <laughs> is the Mets. <laughs> Oddly what enough. Oddly enough, yeah. Oh, boy. So... I was doing, before the, this started. I asked you who Juan Soto was, and you didn't know who it was. Well, I didn't know which team wild. he played for. Okay. I, I knew who he was a baseball player because I asked you, "Do you know Juan Soto?" <laughs> of course, good. Didn't he bat like three fifty last year, like a bunch of dingers? Good yeah, for him, man. Thanks. Hey, good for me too. You're national champion. Hopefully, you're ready for baseball season. I don't know what else we could have left out. There you have it. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. It's Rock Chalk Sports Talk.